Hey, what's going on? Hope all is well. You know what day it is. You know what time it is. We do these on Thursdays. This is called the Thursday Conversation episode. Definitely excited about this one. You know, I didn't know where these things were going to go. This, Like I said, the show is on Tuesday. The regular Always Be Booth Cruise podcast is on a Tuesday. And, you know, some people have said, you know, Tommy, now you got two shows. Well, don't look at it like two shows, right? This is a conversation. This is an interview. It's a different format. So, you know, we're not going into cruise news. We're not doing emails. We're just getting together with people. Sometimes they're people of note. And that's no different this week. And I'm very, very excited to bring in uh, Marcus Monroe. He is a New York City-based comedian. He is also an expert juggler. He is a recipient of the very prestigious Andy Kaufman Award. He's performed all over the country at festivals like Bonnaroo and many others. He's been on The Late Show with David Letterman. He's got an extensive cruise ship resume, and we'll talk about that. He's a regular at any New York comedy club that matters. He's a regular at all the New York comedy club hotspots in the city. And, uh, you know, he's got way more credits than we can sit here and name. By the way, his website is marcusmonroe.com, just the way it sounds. And he's got an Instagram, Marcus J. Monroe. And we know he's big time. He's got the blue check. I think that's new. Uncharted waters for us. We've never had anybody on the show with the blue check. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show. Mr. Marcus Monroe. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have Best we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know what's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking. You can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go. Cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. And ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we have entertainer, comedian, cruise personality, juggler, Marcus Monroe. Marcus, welcome to the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast, brother. Hey, thank you, Tommy. Great to be here. Hello, everybody. Let's get. Let's do it. Let's, let's talk it. about some cruising. Yes, yes, yes. You know, you got me nervous before we were talking, and we were kind of texting, and we know we well. I, we met through my buddy Nick, who I worked with for a while, and is a really good friend. And uh, you know, I just said, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get an interview in for tomorrow. I'd love to have Marcus on, and you know, he connected us, and you were like, yeah. How about right now? And I'm like, oh, gee, yeah, they have, he's, a, he's a pro. He has that muscle. Whereas I have to mentally prepare, get in the right frame of mind. Is, <laughs> you're like, are you always on? Is that the type of thing? Dude, I'd- you know what it is? It, today's so funny because I took an Adderall for my first time in my life today. So I'm just <laughs> getting tons of stuff done. Like I'm being so productive. It's incredible. So like this is not normal for me usually. I wouldn't even text back right away, but like I'm like I'm on high alert. I'm like, <laughs> you got any yard work you want me? You got any yard work you want me to do as well? Sure, I'm only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. All right, so let's talk. We're gonna jump into the cruising. I'm a terrible interviewer, so I guess we'll jump around a little bit. But let's just start sure. out to hook the folks. What's going on with your cruise experience? What ships have you been on? What has been your cruise journey so far? 
Well, that's a great question. So I started doing ships, I want to say 2007. 2007, I started on Princess as a guest entertainer. At the time, I was doing a juggling show. Now, I don't juggle anymore, but at the time, I was doing, like, I just use comedy now, but at the time, I was doing, like, comedy juggling shows. And I must have been, like, 22. I was probably one of the youngest fly-on guest entertainers on the ships at the time i'd go on i'd fly to aruba get on the ship for like four days do my show in the main theater and then get off the ship that was my thing and um i didn't really have a good show when i first started i was like kind of green i was i had all i had been juggling already for years and years and years i started juggling when i was nine so it already had um like 13 years of juggling experience and doing shows before I started my first ship. But I didn't really have like a cruise show. I had like a street performing show and like a show I could do like a 15 minute spot. I could do at comedy shows, but I didn't really have like a cruise show and you need a cruise show to perform on cruise ships. So the way I got that show was just by performing a ton on cruise ships. Um, and it just kind of like, you know, when you're doing it, you kind of have to put the time together and, and kind of, you kind of, you know, you learn very quickly when you have like 2000 people watching you twice a night, you learn very quickly what works and what doesn't work. So I was able to, the first year I think was a little shaky. And then I started doing more and more ships, got more and more offers. I had to switch agencies. So I first, like, it was my dream. It's a, it was my dream as a juggler to do cruise ships because, at, you know, when you think about it, that's like the pinnacle of a juggler's career. There's definitely a glass ceiling. Like you're not headlining shows in Vegas. No one's buying a ticket to a juggling show. Like you are a magic show or a ventriloquism show. Like juggling's very cruisy, you know, so it was like, for me, I was like, Oh, well I'm going to juggle full time. I'm going to do cruises. It just seemed right. So I dropped out of college because I got a bunch of cruise work and I was like, heck yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Um, and so that was uh, kind of how I started. But the the first agent I had, I, I was with Branson. I think that's their name, Branson. And they're out of New York. And I sat down. And I met with them. I showed them a video of me, and they like didn't get me any bookings for like seven months. And I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. And then a buddy of mine reached out to another agency called Barry Ball Spotlight Entertainment, and they were able to get me booked right away. They sent me all these offers from Royal Caribbean. I'm like, I'll take every single one. I was like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm a pro juggler now. I'm on the cruises. And I had a blast. I mean, I had a blast the first few years I was doing it. And then, you know, it, you know, I kind of like was like, oh, I was always on chips. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Well, that, that's a good, I, I that's want- a good lesson right there. Like you must have, it must have been in, in your head a little bit that you're not getting any bookings. Where's this going? What am I doing? And yeah. it really had nothing to do with you. It just happened to do with your agency because the right agent had you w- with more work than you could handle. Yeah, they did. They gave me, they were like, and I'm still with Dominique. She's my agent at Barry Ball and I love her. She's great. Um, she's been with me through thick and thin. Like we've, we've had some tough times together just because I've, you know, I've, I've kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm an easy person to work with, but when you're dealing with cruises and flights and travel, there's a lot of logistics that go on behind the scenes. A lot of people don't realize hurricanes, all that stuff. So right. uh, Dominique and I are, are, are like, you know, we're friends. She comes over to New York. And we hang out now. It's great. Okay. Um, so, but so you're right. It is, it is awesome when you you look at your calendar and you're like, okay, I'll be fine for this month. And while I went the first, I was living in New York when I first started doing ships and I was living in Brooklyn 
on my friend like i didn't even have a bedroom i was like sleeping on the floor in this like little nook of my friend's apartment and i was paying like 600 bucks a month and i lived there for two years and i was probably only there like 40 percent of the time because i was just taking all the work i could get that's a that's a new york story right there yeah um, but so so you said early 2000 for princess you started out with in 2007 or so and then what has the journey been like so you transitioned i guess we 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 don't joke by the way i think juggling is a completely underrated art form on a cruise ship it's absolutely perfect for cruising especially if you're going to mix in some comedy and then you know some of these guys break out unicycles you wouldn't think you're right you would never think to go to that show while you're on land but Mm. it's something it is really entertaining when you're on a cruise ship yeah i think so too i mean like the thing about that though is like people want to see the fire they want to see you juggle fire and i was allowed to okay so let me back up so i started doing princess that was good i did a ton of royal caribbean ships I probably did like most of the Royal Caribbean fleet. And then I got on the, um, the late show. I was on Letterman. And after my appearance on Letterman, my bookings went crazy. Could um, then like Carnival wanted me, Celebrity wanted me. Like, so I, I, there was a ship out of New York, a Carnival ship out of New York. And they booked me on that for like two years. I would go Friday, let me think, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think I would, I would leave on Thursday and come back Sunday for two years. It's pretty much all I did. And I would I was getting paid a lot. I was paying cheap rent. Um, and I was getting really good at my show. I would, like, I would, you know, my show was getting really good, a good reaction, standing ovations all the time. And I, I, I'm not one of those guys that, that asks for a standing ovation in my show. That really bothers me, actually, when people say, like, and usually people stand. There's, like, some dumb thing like that. I never have said anything like that. But... Um, but like my show was getting really, really good and I was really happy. Um, and then I just kind of got burnt out on ships. I was doing like too many and I was like, I want to have relationships on land and stuff. So I started taking less and less ships. And then I did my first, uh, off Broadway show. It was like a six month run of this variety show in New York. Um, but then Disney cruise lines reached out and my agent Dominique was like, yo, you got to take Disney. They pay really well. You're going to love it. It's completely different from any other a cruise ship you've ever done i was like really she's like yeah i promise you i'm like okay so i did a disney ship and she was right like i was like oh my gosh this is a different beast it was much more work disney you need like four different shows (laughs) four different shows on disney um but i was able to do it because i was doing ships for so long and my show kind of changed so i took older routines that didn't really work anymore and i made them work kind of reworked everything and uh so the last i would say since 2015 up until like the before the pandemic i was like only on disney and that was like like primarily disney was like the 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 line i would do and i would only do maybe like six uh cruises a year actually no that's not true maybe like 20 but now it's like dialed down to like four now i'm only on like four ships a year which is perfect all right, so let's let me ask you about the audience. Is a cruise ship audience? I know, like you said, you dialed it back a lot. You're not doing as many, but is there something different to the approach when you're talking about a cruise audience versus a land-based audience? Uh, a little bit. I think usual. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So a land-based audience for me right now is comedy clubs. That's where I do most of my shows. So it's you know younger over 18 uh you know it's they're a little more drunk 
um, cruise ship audience, a lot more general, uh, older, um, gotta be PC, um, for the most part. So, so that's really the only thing, but that doesn't really affect me at all. I mean, yeah, the audiences are a little different, but I don't have like shows. I don't like switch up my cruise show. I'm a regular show. I just do what I do. If that makes sense. No, totally, totally. So I was going to ask you that too. Do you get, you know, like a, you get on a particular cruise ship. So you haven't, have you done carnival straight up comedy yet or no? No, and I never will. No? Okay. No, they asked me to and they were like, so have you done it? Like the punchline? Of course. So they, I was a, fl- a guest entertainer, fly on doing my show in the theater and I'd be only there for one night. And then they were like, hey, do you want to do comedy in the punchline? And I was like, well, like for one night? They're like, no, we'd pay you half as well, half as much as we pay you now, and you'd be there for like a week. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? Okay, so this is making sense now. So the co- comedians is on the on the punchline, or they're more of like, you know, people who have to, they may need the check. You're, you're a featured entertainer when you get on, get on board. You're part of the, the, the main theater show is what you are. Yeah, usually I am. I mean, it's... Yeah, because I do like the juggling, because when I was doing ships, it was always the juggling act. However, um, I did a celebrity ship uh, after the after the pandemic. I did a celebrity ship and I just did my late night comedy show in the theater. So it's like, you know, so I am getting booked just for comedy on ships. But that's also like I'm just there a night. Then I leave or two nights or three nights and I only have to perform one night. However, there's nothing wrong with like the punchliner. I would love to do that. I just wouldn't want to do that and take a pay cut. Yeah, it's a step back for you. I totally understand that. I'm a big, big fan of stand-up comedy in general. I kind of have my favorites. I, uh, I, I love it. I love, I love stand-up comedy. I, I listen to the podcasts. I like the whole kind of like how you know you have the New York set, you have the LA set, and you have different mm-hmm. clicks and stuff. I get into all that totally. stuff. So I'm dialed in pretty much. But I love the punchliner. But it makes perfect sense what you're saying. You just you, you're you're at a certain place and. You don't want to take a step back. I get it. Speaking of yeah. Carnival, we did have that uh, little issue that um, recently yes. happened with this gentleman. Uh, what's his name? Robert O'Reilly. I mean, how? Like, I'm like, I don't. You don't have to comment on this. Feel free not to. But how? How dumb can you be to to do seriously? Something? Yeah, I mean, like, I I would love to see the full show and the whole context, but just from hearing the headlines and what I see, if you're a white person, keep that word out of your mouth. It's like it's pretty simple. Um, it's not hard to do. And if you need to do that for a punchline of a joke or something, then you're a bad comic. It's really, that's, it really just comes down to that. Yeah. I've been in the punchliner a lot and I, and to their credit, I will say they got a very long rope. They, they are, they are very, very free to get very, very edgy considering cruise ships, considering what a lot of the climate is on a cruise ship. They get very, very Mm -hmm. edgy. There's basically I don't know. And, and I've seen it get edgy and I've seen it get contentious, but then, you know, a good comedian will bring it to that level, but then win the audience back. But in general, there's probably one thing you can't do. And he did it. Well, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this guy went on a carnival ship and said the N word. People got really angry. And he was like, if you don't like what I'm saying, get the F out. And which is, which is something that they usually, the host will usually say before the show even starts. Yeah. You know, like for like the late night show, they'll say, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Yeah. And so it was just it, it was just kind of cringy to watch him do that. And because like I, you know, I've been to the punchliner before. I know the vibe in there. I know what it's like on a carnival ship. And there's just better like that's just to me. Have you worked with this guy before? 
No, no. Well, well. So I'm not a comedian. I'm not a. I'm oh. not a. I'm not a comic. I do apologize. I'm. A, I'm a cruise podcast. And when you said, "Have you done the punchliner?" I thought you meant, "Have you been there?" I've been there as an audience member. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I didn't sorry. know if you were a comic. Or no, right. no, no, just... no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, no. He he's uh, I haven't heard of him, but I did see that he does have some sort of a resume, right? I don't know. I I've never heard of him either. And um, yeah. I mean, I know he. Yeah, he. I don't know. I don't know if he's I think New I saw York somebody based. Did, I think he did some. I think he did Last Comic Standing. I think he was on a couple of the late night shows. Uh, but he has gotten in trouble in the past uh, as well. Oh, so I didn't know that. Yeah, guy doesn't seem to really learn. But yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna learn now. I guess uh, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's too it's too bad that you have to learn like that, and you kind of wish that when something like this happens. See, this is also why we don't like phones in um, and recording devices at shows. And, you, you know, maybe it was an accident. Maybe he didn't mean to say it. You never know. I don't want to make excuses for him. I don't think there's any situation where it's okay for a white person to say that word. Um, when you're on stage, maybe he was trying to pull. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I, I can't justify yeah. it. No, I, get I don't it. think it's right. Um, but I'm just trying to think of like maybe he maybe that's not a joke he usually does. And he's like, maybe this crowd will like it. I don't know. Yeah, I think but he was just in the moment. I feel like he was probably was getting along with the crowd. He does a lot of crowd work. He sounds like he was getting in a vibe, and he went a little too far. Is probably yeah, happened. that happens. Yeah. You gotta yeah, you know, and and I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of comics now will like lock up phones in bags, and it's not so we can get away with saying racial slurs. It's just so we can feel because a lot of times you're working things out on stage. If you're not filming your special, you're working towards something. You're writing. You're trying to see what jokes work. It would be the same thing if I told a joke that was totally politically correct and it just bombed. Someone took a video of it and be like, this guy sucks. Yeah, Marcus is a terrible comic. I'm like, no, it was one joke. It wasn't ready. You didn't see the whole show. The whole show was great, but this one joke did suck. But I'm working on it. You know, people just don't understand that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, but I will say, I will say, there's no excuse. <laughs> there's no excuse for saying the N word on stage or in private or any anywhere. No, no I totally saw that. I I, I used to run a, on a run a room called the Irish Exit on uh, 52nd and 2nd. And oh, great. Oh, I used to live right over there. On, I used to live on 55th and 2nd. Really? Yeah, I was right there too. So we had hot soup in there um, with Mark oh. Norman. And so it, it, yeah. was, it was really cool to watch that. It was a very small room. I was just always so pumped every week because, you know, I started to have the relationship with Mark Norman and Gary Veter. And, you know, it, it, I was very, very, they loved me because I was very, as opposed to the previous management, I was very stand-up comedy forward. Uh, so I was trying to give them whatever they needed ideas support whatever and i think they appreciated that but i saw that live in person they'll go up you'll see mark norman the guy who's got a ridiculously de decorated resume now he's going up there you know with, with pieces of paper and they're trying stuff out and if things don't work out it, it was a free show so there's an understanding there's a contract there with the audience that you know what not everything's going to be a home run but you're getting mm -hmm. a free show and we're working out here so so give us give us that space give us that opportunity they have how else are they That's how it. else are you guys going to do it you can't i mean and you can't just like rely on open mics you get five minutes on open mic sometimes a bit's five minutes long so yeah you need you it's for comics we need places to work out new material and every show i do I'll try and work out a little bit of new material just to sneak it in there. I think it's important. I have two spots tonight. I plan on doing a lot of new material tonight. I'm really excited about it. Um, but I just hope no one records it and puts it up online. All right. So the people who are going to leave their phones in their pockets but may want to see you tonight, where, where are you? 
Oh, tonight I'm at um, the Comic Strip and then New York Comedy Club. New York Comedy Club. Love those guys over there. We actually actually had a place in Rockville Center. We were going to maybe do a, a New York Comedy Club night. I met with Emilio and those guys, and it was possible that we were going to do something on Long Island, but it never happened. But oh, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah. We just we 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 had it booked. We just we just it was probably on our end that we just we, we didn't really sell the tickets, but uh, it happens. It happens. What um it so happens. I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I guess first and foremost, I was reading your bio, doing some research. How do you get Zoom bombed by Dave Chappelle? Oh my God, Dave Chappelle. Well, that was the funniest thing. I was on the the Comedy Seller podcast. Uh, it was like a Zoom show they would do almost nightly. Liz, the manager, booked it. And I was talking with Esty and Ryan Beck and Noam, who owns the Comedy Seller, and a few other comics were on. All of a sudden, Dave Chappelle and Michelle Wolf hop on the Zoom. And I didn't know. I had it on the, the, the viewer. Like, I couldn't see everybody on my phone. And all of a sudden, I'm like, who is... Like I think his Dave's name on the on Zoom was like Pussy Fingers or something like that. <laughs> you I you like, couldn't tell who it was. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, Dave Chappelle's on. Holy sh! And then I was like, should I ask Dave a question? And this was right during George Floyd, BLM. Oh, and so in that situation, and you're talking, he's talking about, you know, this was right before he released that YouTube special. Yeah, um, about George Floyd. So you just like as a white person, I just I just like became super quiet and just let him talk because that's the right thing to do. Um, and yeah, it, it was so interesting just to just to be on a Zoom call with Dave Chappelle. Um, and then I did a show with Dave um, maybe like uh, in March at the Comedy Cellar. I had it was amazing. So would you consider him or or just I guess maybe not to put words in your mouth? What, what, who would you consider some of your uh, your main influencers uh, coming up in the game? Oh man. Well, I mean, going back to like the OGs, I loved Steve Martin. I loved Andy Kaufman. But if we want to like fast forward to modern times, I love uh, comics like, uh, I love like Mark Norman's one of my favorite comics. Beast. Um, I love TJ Miller, Rory Scovel. Um, those guys are, are, are brilliant. Wendy Liebman is a fantastic writer. She's super funny. Um, Sarah Silverman, I'm a big fan of Maria Bamford is a genius. Um, but those are kind of like those, I, I really love silly. Like I don't love people that take themselves too seriously. Yes, I like absolutely. silly kind of wacky uh, out of the box kind of, uh, performers, but I'm also a big fan of like the David tells like the, the, the Dave Chappelle's the, the wordsmiths and the people who just go up on stage without any gimmicks, without any, uh, <laughs> without it you know yeah. and, and just tell jokes yeah. power of that. my joke my joke writing is gonna is gonna be all i need to win you over and just show that i'm one of the best in the game right now but you know what's so funny is that when i was growing up dane cook i loved watching dane cook when i was in high school he was like the guy he was the man and um two la last week day or dane messaged me and was like hey dude i found a clip of you on instagram you're super funny he get out of here me on instagram only follows like 270 people and i'm one of these people that dane cook now follows and and we I, we message back and forth a little bit i'm like this is incredible it's so crazy how you can connect with different people on social media now and it's just like like it's so it's yeah. if you would have told me tommy like i would be like texting with 
Dane Cook and we'd be talking comedy back and forth. Like I'm one of his peers. I would have been like, what are you talking about? That's yeah. insane. And, and it could happen. It's funny because usually, usually you'd have to go to a meeting for that to happen. This could be <laughs> while you're folding your clothes. You're folding your clothes. Yeah. And Dane Cook messages you when you're like, you drop the socks. Yo, holy shit. What the hell? My hell's palms it? got sweaty. I yeah. started like, I started breathing heavy. I threw my phone across the room. My wife's like, what's wrong? I'm like, look who just messaged me. She opens my phone. She's like, Dane Cook, Dane Cook, Dane Cook. Yeah. I'm like, yep. It's crazy. I love it. You know, it's been cracking me up lately. I'm, I'm so happy that he's getting uh, the, the attention and the heat that he's getting is um, uh, Shane Gillis has been cracking oh, me up. Oh, Shane's so funny. I love Gillian Keeves. Just started watching their sketch show. It's so great. I Keep didn't see it yet. I saw Shane the one Gillis. scene on uh, on uh Schultz's podcast they showed that one Guy Fieri scene oh my gosh oh so good Andrew Schultz is another one that's really funny also (laughs) Tom Green I love Tom Green oh yeah madman I love all those guys man I like it's really rare for me to like you you say a comic I'm like nah I don't really like them right like I can find something in every comic that I'm kind of that that I'm attracted to even if it's someone like I'm trying to think of someone who you wouldn't think I'd be into um but but I, I like it. Like Earthquake had one of the best specials oh, of the year. Yeah. This year? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I know he's on great. Netflix. He's a powerhouse. Dave Chappelle presents Earthquake on Netflix, and it was so fire. That man is a pro. He's so good. But he's not in, like, my circle. So, like, I usually wouldn't see someone like that, you know? Right. Uh, but to see him, he was so good, so strong. And a lot of these guys who, you know, like, got started on ships. I remember reading a book Ray Romano wrote about him doing ships when he was first starting comedy and i think he bombed and he couldn't leave his cabin for like seven days because he didn't (laughs) want to see anybody and that does happen when you're on ships i remember the first ship i did the very first it was the princess coral it was out of aruba why i flew to aruba i don't know where the ship was out of i did my show probably a five out of ten if i'm being honest and i was walking to the magic show the next day and i heard a guest an older man say to his wife i hope he's better than the juggler and I was no. like, ooh. And, but I said, I spoke up. I was like, no one's better than the juggler. And he turned around, <laughs> saw that I was right behind him, and was like, oh, no. Yeah, that's but, uh, worst case scenario. That, that wasn't that guy's day. <laughs> I, could, I could actually converse with you about stand-up comedy for hours. I know we only have a certain amount of time, but I would like to just bring it back to the ship life type scenario. What, what would you say – when you're on these ships, and I know you're a featured entertainer, sometimes I'm imagining you had to do runs where you would actually live on the ship for a while, right? The longest I did was a month. It was in like 20... I had just broken up with a girlfriend. I was really sad. Um, so I remember my mom came. I'm trying to think of what year. It's probably 2008. Yeah, 2008. I was on the ship, uh, the Adventure of the Seas on Royal Caribbean for a month. And my only freaking... Get this... I got paid like a couple thousand dollars a week, and my only thing was to do 15 minutes in the farewell show. So I went the whole week with no one knowing who I am, the whole week, which is great. Because when you're on a ship, you perform the first night, you're like, well, now everyone knows who I am, and it's weird. It's a weird feeling when you perform on stage, then the next day you're getting breakfast and people are looking at you, or they're talking to you, or they're telling you jokes, and they'll be like, hey, how did this into your act? Hey, why did you suck last night? Hey, <laughs> yeah. is this like, hey, are you the joke? Are you the magician? People call me a magician. I'm like, I've never done magic in my <laughs> life. But they're like, are you the magician? I'm like, nope. And then I just walk away. 
Um, you know, people always want to be funny and I love talking to people on this shit, but sometimes if you don't have anything smart to say, it just feels like I have to make you laugh. And I'm like, I already did my show. I don't know what you want from me. Right. Um, so I'll put on a hat. I'm, I'm pretty tall. I'm like six feet tall. I have long hair. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty noticeable. So I try to disguise myself. It never works, Tommy. It never works. People can always like spot me. Totally. totally. Um, I had, I had a, a jazz singer on a few weeks ago and she was a little easier for her because, you know, she beautiful girl. She gets ultra done up at night with the dress the makeup the hair and all she really had to do was like literally roll out of bed and people were not going to recognize her and you know put some shades on it's not the necessarily the same thing for you it sounds like but um ship life in general did you enjoy it socially what's it like you uh Uh, you know will you have any restrictions are you allowed to intermingle do you have can you go anywhere on the ship that you want yeah i can go anywhere well when i was on royal for the month i could go anywhere i was my room was in a crew area right next to the cruise director's office and and room so it wasn't like as nice as a passenger cabin but like one step down i had a little window a little porthole i'm not asking for much i just wanted you don't want to um hear like a constant like buzzer and dinging going on because you're so low in the ship you know you want to be able to <laughs> you know you just perform for 2,000 people and you want to go back to a room that's like where like your feet don't hang off the the, the bed you know that's big <laughs> enough like very, dem- pretty- very demanding <laughs> I've, I, I went to a carnival ship once and I went to sign into my room and the room was not made up like the other entertainer had just left so I had to call housekeeping. I'm like, hey, can you guys make up this room? I'm a guest entertainer. I just signed down. I want to take a nap before my show. They're like, oh, okay, okay, come back in like an hour. But what I did, I took a pen and I marked on the sheet like a little star on the corner. I was like, let me see if they change the sheets. And I come back in the room. The bed's made. The room's fresh. Looks really clean. But the X was still on the sheet. So I'm like, they just made the bed. They uh, just made the bed. They wanted me to sleep on this guy's filthy sheets. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, that's disgusting. So I called. I reamed them out. I was like, this is freaking disgusting. Shame on you. Shame on whoever made this room. Like, this is so gross. They knew I wasn't the person that was sleeping here earlier. So it was just, oh, that's, oh, that's disgusting. Um, but, but the good thing about Carnival is that I'm only on for one night. Do my show. I get out of there. However, I will say, Tommy, there was a time when um i was flying to a carnival ship in grand turk in turks and caicos one right. of the islands it was called grand turk and there was a hurricane coming and uh, um so you you fly to turks and caicos you take a puddle jumper plane to grand turk you get on the ship the ship sails away you do your show i we landed it was me and like another uh, comedian her name's just june and there was like a social host, I think from Carnival. This guy's name is Ben. He, he was on the, the plane with me. We land and I get a call from the cruise director. Where are you guys? I'm like, hey, we just landed. I'm two minutes away. I can see the ship. It's a very small island, literally two minutes away. Yep. We'll be right there. They're like, well, the captain wants to leave because of the hurricane. I was like, I'm sure he does, but just wait. We'll be two minutes. The ship left. They left us in Grand Turk during a hurricane. Oh, my they gosh. Left us. No. The captain left us. So instead of waiting three minutes we, to get on the ship, we now had to go back to the airport. I took a photo of the, fl- of, the, of the ship leaving. We had to go back to the airport and be like, is there any flights out of here? They're like, there's a hurricane coming. We're like, we know. We want to get out of here. So they flew us back to Turks and Caicos, and then the, uh, the storm came in, and just I was stuck on the island of Turks and Caicos for almost a week without any power or running water 
nothing. So they knew you were looking at the ship. You could see the ship. You were on. Yeah. You were in communication with the cruise director, and the captain was just like, "Hey, I'm out." Yeah, and then next time I saw that captain, I was like, "That was kind of a dick move because it was scary. It was dangerous. Like you, you shouldn't do that." And there was another ship in Grand Turk. I think it was like the Carnival Pride or another ship. And they stayed like they could have waited like the other ship waited for their act. So I'm like, you like, oh, and there was was no option to get on the get on pride. That was a thing we talked about, but they wouldn't let us on. There wasn't accommodations for us. Right. Right. So we had to. So I I stayed in Turks and Caicos, um, flew back to New York, then got on the ship and it was back in New York. But it was it was not fun. And yeah, I got paid for it for being there. But I would rather just be like safe <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know exactly how you handled this but it sounds like you handled it way way better than i would have handled it. i mean they left you in a hurricane they left me in a hurricane i thought the the hotel was going to get destroyed like i was on the second floor they were boarding up the windows it was her it was um what hurricane was it rima or something like that hurricane irma irma or something it was like it was uh, like 10 years ago it, it destroyed a lot of the island um and I was like, that was really messed up for them to leave us there. I will say I am like kind of shitting on Carnival a lot. I will say they gave me a lot of stage time and a lot of dates when I was young and green and starting out. They were great to me. They were. But it was just the accommodations. And then I slowly realized, like, I'm being taken advantage of here. Yeah. I mean, you have a sample size to compare it to. So you, you can know when somebody's not treating you the way you should be treated. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Carnival, yeah, I love 100%. one of my favorite cruise lines. But, you know, 100%. That's that. Carnival is one of your favorites? Yeah, they all, they all are. Carnival has the edge for me just a little bit because of... I like to get on these cruise ships. I'm a single guy. I like a little. I like mm. the energy that a carnival brings. Sure. I like the the fun, the party, the atmosphere. There's a lot to do after nine ten p.m. Where in other cruise lines, a lot of times they gear a lot of things towards the day. So, and I also love yeah. the I guess like the the grab and go food on Carnival, where you have the um, you have the guy's burger, you have the uh, blue iguana cantina, you have all this these options, the deli, the pizza. You could just kind of like grab and go. And not be trapped in a main dining room for two hours, but you know. Yeah, that's different. true. I mean, yeah, I mean, there that is that is nice. I do like the grab and go options on on other ships as well. I think uh, Disney has. A, have you done a Disney cruise? I have not done a Disney. I hear that Disney is a next level experience. So at some point, I would love to, but I'm not. You know, I'm not a Disney per se fan. So Yo, I don't know if Tommy, that would. Tommy, yeah. I know nothing about Disney. I'm not a Disney guy either. I, my parents never took me to Disney World. We never did that. I was never like a Disney fanatic. But just see, just like, and also I'm not a kid. I'm in my 30s. You know, what am I going to do? Dis- but then you're on this ship and you're like, I get it. It is magical. It's a great time. Um, my duties on the ship, I have a lot more work. And you'd think I like, wouldn't like it. But it's so fun. Like, I, I love the people I meet there. I love the, the food. The food is like the main thing. You know, on ships, like the food is pretty good. Um, my wife is a vegan, and they have some vegan options for her, so that's nice. Um, yeah, that's great. Another another vote for Disney. We just keep hearing it. Just keep hearing how much the two experiences I haven't done in cruising that people say you have to do is mm-hmm. a a Disney Disney experience and b cruise to Alaska. Those are the two oh things I've done. But listen to this, Tommy. Do a Disney cruise to Atlanta. <laughs> Take the Disney Wonder. Alaska, Alaska. Yeah, you do said it. you said Atlanta, I think. <laughs> no, no, Alaska. That's Alaska. A different, okay. No, I'm talking about Alaska. I did Ala- I did the Disney Wonder to Alaska. Really? Uh, two times this summer. It's so fun. Really? 
but you got to get a, a balcony cabin. That's to do it. So you can be outside, see the nature. Like I love leaving the balcony door open and you get that fresh air. Oh yeah, baby, that's great. That's what you I know, keep hearing. It doesn't hearing. smell like New York. It feels like it's clean. It's oh different. It's so good. We saw bears. We almost almost saw the northern lights, which would have been amazing. Tons of whales. We saw orcas from the ship. Humpback whales. A big humpback jumped right out of the water, right next to the boat. It's oh man, weeds legal in all the ports you go to. It's awesome. <laughs> This it may have to happen. Time. I've been listening to people tell me to go to Alaska for five years, and now a, a, a bona fide onboard and land-based entertainer is telling me to do it. So it may have do to happen. It. it may have to happen. And you can even take a carnival cruise. I think this carnival spirit or one of those miracle maybe goes to uh, – maybe it is the miracle. I don't know. They go to Alaska, and that, I mean that would be great too. I yeah. mean, I think, you know, in Carnival, you can get a, a good bang for your buck, right? They're pretty affordable yeah. cruises. Yeah, and I'm not um, exclusive so Carnival. I'm not like, you know, I, I'm just saying if I, if I, and I'm just, when I go analytical and I have to break down, you know, if there's 15 points to a cruise that I like to enjoy, um, while Carnival is, ne- there is negatives about Carnival, that's for sure, a hundred percent. But, you know, Carnival just to me checks more boxes by a small margin than the other cruise lines. You know, just in general, but it's it's a very very tough race, and there's things that I like about Royal Caribbean and Norwegian that I like better than Carnival. Oh but, yeah, I mean, I've never done Norwegian, Norwegian and Holland. I've never done or Virgin. Have you done a Virgin cruise? I just did a Virgin. You got to do a Virgin, absolutely. Uh, you got to do it. It was good. Yeah, it was. It's not like the other cruises. This is a party. I mean, when you would, if, if this like if Tommy, if you want to party, be careful what you ask for. This is what this is. I mean. There's, it's all about partying. It's about boozing. It's about sex. It's about, it's about these shows are revolved around sex. It's crazy. It's, it's nuts. Wait, they revolve around sex? Yeah, there's a, sh- there's a show by a certified sex therapist who claims to have slept with more than 5,000 men. And the name of the show is Never Sleep Alone. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's, it's, let's go. Yeah. Virgin's changing the, and their name's Virgin. How funny. <laughs> exactly. Little, uh, a little, That's great. Uh, I would love to see that show. No, definitely. Definitely. Well, I want to get you out of here, but before I do, I would just like mm-hmm. to ask you, where's it going to go from here? Where is Marcus Monroe? Where's the Marcus Monroe train going to end up? What's the aspirations? Well, where are we going to find you? All that stuff. Well, if you want to catch me on a boat, I've got two cruises coming up. They're both out of New York on the Disney Magic. One okay. leaves, I think, October 10th. One is like the 21st. I'm just checking my dates. Yep, the 10th and the 21st. Um, I'll be on the... Hold on, I got one more. A Royal Caribbean ship, December 9th through the 11th. Oasis? It's going to be the Jewel. I think it's a tiny one, but it was just like a weekend away. I'm like, yeah, I'll do a weekend. Why not? Okay. Um, I've done the Oasis. I've done the Allure. Love them. Um but yeah, but basically, I don't. I'm kind of right before the pandemic. My wife and I were like, maybe we should not do ships anymore, and we're like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then the pandemic happened, so we weren't doing ships. So we got our little break out of the way, and now we kind of do like four a year, four or five a year. So um, when it's slow for us on land, we just you know take some offers and we'll we'll go out and do some shows. So I'm still doing ships, just not as much as I used to. I probably probably yeah, just like four or five a year is pretty pretty good so come see me in new york city i'm on instagram mark at marcus j monroe tiktok at marcus j monroe 
Um, my website is marcusmonroe.com. I got uh, tons of videos on YouTube, um, tons of stuff. But come say hi. Um, I'm trying to figure out a good way to talk about cruises um, in my stand-up set, not on not on ships, just because it's been it was such a big part of my life for so long. And I have you know being trapped in a hurricane. I once performed on two nudist cruises where everyone in the audience was completely naked, <laughs> and I got to perform for them. They're all sitting on towels. Um, that was that was a it was called the Bare Necessities Cruise. And if you're out there, and you're listening to Bare Necessities. I'd love to do those that again. It was wild. <laughs> i was like i was like one time is enough and then they called me to do it again i was like you know what i did have fun it was it was they were a good audience they were very responsive and um i liked it i love the theme cruises i did a show on theme cruises recently and they're just awesome they're just a bunch of like-minded what did you do i did the florida georgia line country cruise (laughs) dope that would have been great it was amazing like i know the backstreet boys do a cruise i did a lance bass cruise from in sync that was so much fun i mean oh my gosh it was wild um, I know other some other pop acts are looking to do cruises, and I've been uh, talking to them and talking to them about maybe doing doing it. So you never know. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Marcus Monroe. Marcus, this was awesome, man. I really, really appreciate you coming by and spending a couple of minutes with us. Oh, my pleasure, Tommy. Let's do it again sometime. Um, I'm sure I could think of some other stories uh, on cruise ships. You know, can I just say one thing? Please. It's really funny who people that take the cruises like i've been on cruises with some like um um like oh like rev run from um run dmc was on a, a ship i did just do, just run. doing a cruise he was just with his family yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah i've met i've met busy summer the actress uh uh no wait busy phillips that's it busy phillips was uh was on a cruise one summer i got to meet her Lucy Arnez, I became really good friends with her. She was on a cruise. That's Lucille Ball's daughter. Wow, uh, was on a cruise. It was. I mean, she's a star in her own right. But like, yeah, you, I mean, you just never know who's gonna be there. It's fun. It's exciting. I definitely think cruising is a fun thing to do. Um, just kind of know what you're getting into, but also uh, don't say the N word. <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Absolutely, Marcus. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, dude. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Good island somewhere Well, I'll ride the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it Where we are going Get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You can worry You can drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine
chantant ladies and pina coladas and Bob Marley songs that are playing. There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from